0: Thanks for downloading this podcast.
1: It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission.
2: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes
0: for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolamont.com.
2: In a very rough, wild race so far, mind you, that overall, when you think about it, it tests the endurance of some of these drivers. Keep in mind, with some of these competitors... They competed in the Porsche Super Cup race earlier today, for example, and they've been running multiple stints since then. So these drivers, in some cases, have been racing off and on for about the past 12 hours or so when you combine earlier today's reaction. So it's been a busy one for these competitors.
0: You cannot afford to slow down, let's say that. The thing that amazes me the most about any driver who is able to uh, go for some endurance stints, this applies to both the real world and the simulation world, is that when you're consistently able to uh, get good lap times in and battle at the front, I mean, I can barely go for a few laps without having an issue or running off into the grass. And some of these drivers, uh, and also remember, there are over 200 drivers taking part, 55 teams taking part. Uh, These drivers are typically not making many mistakes. Yeah, they might not be the happiest with how each lap or sector goes, but they're keeping it on the track and they're getting competitive, strong lap times. And that's the most uh, impressive thing to me, especially as the night hours go on. And as Lorenzo and I were talking about with the 24 hours of Nordschleife, Justin, this is these are about to be the silly hours where mistakes, they will happen.
2: And especially with the darkness too, in. A lot of people, I think, don't realize. It's very difficult, of course, to see when you're relying on mainly headlights and the lights of the track. If anything comes out in front of you or you miss your line, just because of that missed visual mark, it can make it tricky. That's where muscle memory has been so important for these drivers. Remember, many of these teams have been practicing for two, three, four weeks at minimum. Just for this 24-hour event to make sure they knew every single line they can hit on the racetrack. So we'll have to see how this all fares out again throughout this stint for some of these competitors today and throughout these next five, six-plus hours.
0: Yeah, the uh, hours that go in here, it's pretty impressive, especially what you were just talking about before, uh, how many races that people will have to do uh, kind of back-to-back-to-back. Obviously, the Porsche E uh, Cup was just earlier in the day. And uh, the crazy thing is, Justin, that there are some drivers that are participating in both events. They're going for their stints right after that Porsche race. And uh, that is another crazy thing, especially if they're going to a different uh, car right away.
2: Yeah, for example, Maximilian Benekke, for example, was just in that race and had a strong race. He was in that event. You've got various other competitors, mind you, all scattered throughout the field and through the respective teams and organizations who were part of that plus many of the fellow drivers that have been watching along and helping them along the way and focusing on the front for this event. So there's, it's basically a multi-pronged focus to make sure you have every single part of your car and organization ready for the various different races. It can get pretty busy, to say the very least.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it can get busy with that. I know we do have another driver that is... uh going to talk to us in just a little bit uh i know that's going to be a driver from the satellite racing team and uh he did win uh the majors uh, majors race earlier this month justin so i'm sure you're pretty familiar with him
2: yes indeed in fact let's bring him on in shall we as cy Andra did come away in a thrilling finish mind you with his respective classes victory cy do you have a copy I do. Hello, guys. Hello. Welcome back once again to the broadcast booth here on Race Spot TV, the iRacing Esports Network. Just earlier this month, strong performance, one of the top teams, mind you, for satellite racing and the dominant most dominant driver, one of them, in fact, in the Le Mans two point four run by the major series in the European Split. Now the twenty-four hours. First of all, how are you feeling about how your team has been doing so far in this event?
3: So far, I think we've been doing excellent. I think we had a little bit of trouble in qualifying, getting, uh, getting the car set up for that. Uh, I think it was a little bit different from than what we expected. So we qualified a little bit further back than what, uh, our pace was kind of showing at the same time though, um, on the first couple of sins, I think we kind of showed our pace, we were staying with the leaders. And then I think the only thing that held us back were a couple of unfortunate incidents with, uh, an LMP one that cost us a little bit of time in the pits, fixing the damage. But I think, I really think as this race goes on, as, as people kind of reach the limit of the car, especially at night when the track kind of grips up and can become unstable for some of the HPDs, especially if they're set up for kind of a first stint sort of HPD and not sort of a third or fourth stint HPD, if that makes sense. I think that's where we'll come good.
2: It does make sense indeed. And of course, for those who missed that, missed that Majors 2.4, satellite racing dominated the prototype LMP2s, that just so happens to be an eighth. What types of adjustments did your team have to make from running only 2.4 hours in what was late evening conditions to running now in September weather in 12 hours of darkness
3: tonight? The main one was just kind of testing the setup in all the different uh, sort of track states and sort of temperatures we could think of and making sure that it was a going to drive to the end of the stint. And it wasn't going to randomly snap and sort of, uh, well, end our race early and two, make sure like we just have the raw pace to stay with the leaders and make sure we have enough, uh, confidence in the car to do. So, I mean, if you can have a fast car, but if you can't do it, lap after lap, there's no point in a 24 hour race. And the other thing is mainly just kind of toning, it, cause even a 2.4 hour race is a sprint compared to a 24 hour race. So kind of just toning back the driving styles a little bit, kind of uh making sure you keep the the big picture in mind. So big picture in mind, so to speak. Now a lot of the
2: times people recognize you for your abilities in the LMP1s. Your team of course running in the LMP2s as the focus. What are some of the differences to adjust the driving style as well from running in the LMP1s today to what your team is running tonight?
3: Well, the big one was, uh, you don't need to hit the boost button anymore. Uh, for the first like, mm-hmm. uh, two days of driving the HPD, I was unconsciously pressing the, uh, the hybrid boost button coming out of the corners until I had to learn to teach myself to not do that. Cause every time I did that, I do take a tear off, off my helmet and it was a little bit distracting, but the other thing is like the, the LMP twos tend to have a little bit more, what's the word? They drive more like a single seater than the, uh, the LMP ones. For one, they, they have a bit more rearward balance to the car itself. There's less weight on the nose, so you can be a bit more aggressive into the slow speed corners than the LMP ones. You will often see the LMP2s close on the LMP ones in slow speed corners such as Arnage, Mulsanne corner, and the four chicanes. We have to actually have to be careful to not go into the back of the P1s in those corners. So you you have a combination of being able to attack those corners more, and at the same time, drive like the driving style is a little bit different. It's uh, more like a single seater compared to a what you could call a spaceship, I guess. You could call the P1s.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Indeed. Now, one of the main talking points heading into portion two tonight, of course, has been to the strategy. Because in your respective class, it's become staggered by up to seven laps difference in some drivers and teams for their pit stops. How was it trying to plan things out and how you were going to take your team's strategy for tonight to decide where are you going to come into pit etc etc
3: well i don't want to show my hand too early but in the uh, in the hpd you do have a choice of running 12 laps flat out or lifting and coasting a little bit to run 13. and sometimes that choice is made for you depending on what your tires are like how much traffic you get because every time you're in traffic you always use that to save fuel just by lifting early not driving up to the back of the car in front of you and compromising your exit and burning more fuel that way so just lift early and kind of coast up to the back end of a gte and that's basically what it comes down to and also how many stints you can take the tires like i said if you set up the hpd for the first stint you're not gonna have a very happy car in the third and fourth stint and that would probably increase your tire wear decrease your lap times and basically kind of just hurt your race in general but that's another strategy you could just be going flat out for three stints or maybe even two stints and just doing 12 laps and hoping that the uh speed on track brings back all your time
2: second to last question real quickly before we let you get back to your team What's the focus for the next six plus hours? Are you jumping back in the car, for example? What is the plan for you and your current driver, Alexis Federal, who is currently behind the wheel in that eighth position? Right now,
3: I'm probably gonna take a nap. Um, After me, we'll have, uh, well, after Alexi, we'll have Lee Morris getting in. And then after Lee, we'll have Aneric back in the car. And then after Aneric, I'll be back in the car. So right now, I'm just kind of ending out my uh, sort of spotting session. So now I'll just have my six-hour nap and then be back in the car after that.
2: Anything else you feel the fans should know about you and your team and your efforts tonight?
3: Well, we are a relatively newish team to the big endurance scene, satellite racing in general. So big shout-out to Matt and Nick and all the other guys in the satellite team to kind of bring this together and make sure everything's run uh, the way it is, honestly, because it's the best team I've ever been a part of. And uh, also a shout-out to Grosjean, because I can say I've passed Grosjean now.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, God. indeed. Thank you very much for the time, Cyandra from Satellite Racing. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, that's uh, pretty awesome to say that you have pre- passed a Formula 1 driver in the 24 hours of Le Mans. I mean, I've never had the honor of passing Anybody, really, uh, professional or not, in a sim race. I know I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit. I've only won ever one iRacing event in a rookie-class race. Uh, Lorenzo, Justin, you might be more successful, but that is something, uh, just taking part in a special event race like this is something that they are really never going to forget, especially if they finish well. Being in the top split when there are... My word! Like around five thousand or more drivers participating in the twenty-four hours of Le Mans here uh, in the uh, iRacing uh, in in racing this year. Uh, I mean, that's uh, pretty incredible, I must say. I'm not sure. Have you guys ever participated before, Lorenzo? I know you're doing this uh, later on as the night gets even darker in a silly mode. Uh,
4: I'll I'll let Justin go first.
2: Well, in regards to the race against error professional drivers, there are plenty of them that had the opportunity to run. So more so on the oval side, when you consider drivers such as Chase Briscoe, Dale winner Jr., many other drivers, and think about this too, with the current world situation, a lot of them came to sim racing and to the main sim racing teams to learn how the driving styles crossed over for the respective sim. And to be able to carry the speed they showed in real world all the way to the virtual world. Plenty of the drivers, mind you, in tonight's field and on the track right now. Like Fabrizio Donoso, for example, he's currently mid-pack in his respective class. He just ran in some respective races a couple days ago with Renault at some of the various different tracks of the Circuit of the Americas specifically. So they're competing and trying to keep the racecraft together and try and continue to get seat time, whether in the virtual world, to make sure they carry that performance over to the real world
0: tracks in the next few weeks. Well, it's no surprise that so many professionals have used iRacing as a. Uh to practice for real world events that are coming up. I mean, you know, that Dale Earnhardt jr. And NASCAR obviously had one of the, uh, is one of the more prolific in North America, at least, uh, drivers who have used the, uh, uh, iRacing services for their own practice, uh, but I will say that it, it's such a different feeling because, as one Lorenzo Bonder told me before, it, it's all about butt feeling that you get. in Lorenzo, I'll let you take it from there.
4: Yeah, of course. Uh, Here is the thing: I say normally that uh, these simulations give you a lot of the breaking reference points and a lot of recent reference points, as we are seeing the Team Redline coming into the pits for their pit service as Patrick just gets into the pit lane. So, as I was mentioning, it is all about getting references. You're not going to get the butt feeling, so you like uh, you just mentioned, Dylan, that you're going to feel where the bumps are and how you should uh, get the proper steering of the car correct. Uh, you get a major notion on how to properly drive a track like that. The force feedback will give you uh, a lot of inputs. Because they're all laser scanned, so you get that uh, near to that accurate feeling of uh, how a track should be. But of course, there is uh, the, the, the seat feeling for you to get into the car and getting that uh, extra amount of feedback that normally uh, we don't have, even if we forget the uh, motion cockpits, it's not enough. You need to, you need to be on a proper race car as a wolf just comes out of pit lane just feel. But I was going to say about practice, uh, Verstappen, uh, way before he actually started to doing this uh, more seriously, even doing the Porsche Sports Super Cup, he, he was part of a red line more for, to help uh, the top drivers like Gregor Hutu, to uh, Kronke to practice, but also get references from the uh, F1 tracks because he only did F3 and not all F3 tracks are going to be part of the F1 calendar. So he did get a few reference points, and all the the rest is history.
0: Yeah, of course. And uh, hello to everybody who can actually see us now. Uh, Dylan Coyle, Justin Prince is in the middle, Lorenzo Bonder with the uh, fantastic smile and thumbs up is at the bottom of your screen. And uh, another quick note away from actual racing, if you see Scooby-Doo and Goofy, behind a man that says a lot about the fact that he has some fantastic taste right yeah. there
4: don't 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 at me by the way <laughs> my, <laughs> my taste of particular you know scooby doo is a very old love by the way
0: <laughs> well we love that uh so yeah we did have some of the top two teams in overall standings lmp1 go into the pits and you saw in that stint from the top of the hour until right now, it was around 40 or so minutes uh, between going into the pits and uh, now going in back to the pits. Uh, it, it was a nine-second advantage for Team Redline over Burst Esport at the end of that long stint. And, Justin, if you remember, it was only one second between Redline and es- Burst Esport uh, once they went into the pits. So an eight-second uh, kind of advantage that was gained over those laps.
2: And that is called meeting Patrick Wolf and putting him in your race car. Because just 15 minutes before we came on air, air, after he overran the pit box, before he came to the car, they fell back six, seven seconds. It was within a second by the top of the hour. That's how quick Patrick Wolf is in that race car. And if you're Lynch you're still trying to make sure you're in a good position because anything can happen as we've seen to close that gap up once again, whether it's traffic or else, whether it's going to be interesting to see how burst Esport tries to plan out and try and see if there's any way they can get back in front. If at all, still it's way early on in that discussion point. Don't want to think about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is way too early in a 24 hour race. I mean, yeah, we're a quarter of the way in, but there's still uh, around 18, 17. It's going to be hours remaining in the race. It's uh, very much who survives this these night hours that is going to end up in uh, a victor once the sunrise does start. And for anybody curious about, uh, or if you weren't curious, and maybe now you are because you don't even know what I'm going to say, uh, the sim time is to the actual date that the uh, race would actually be at September 19th uh, to September 20th. The race is going to uh, have a, let me rephrase that. September 19th is when the 2020 uh, 24 hours of Le Mans will actually take place after the, uh, the thermometer thing also known as the pandemic pushed everything back towards then. And, uh, it's it's really interesting because we're going to have the sunrise, the sunset, all happening at um, the times that we're actually going to see it in the real world, uh, which is uh, pretty awesome, I guess you could say. Uh, everything about iRacing, try, it tries to make it as realistic as possible, and they've got this pretty down pat now it's 65 degrees Fahrenheit in the air 67 degrees on track so it's not really melting the tires but it's not like it's going to be helpful for grip levels either zero wind out there right now uh, and 30 uh, there's there's a bit of humidity but for the most part nothing really that will affect these drivers except for the temperatures on track and in the air uh in the sim time it's a twenty one three or twenty one thirty which uh equates to nine thirty pm uh, for the twelve hour um, clocks. but I must say uh while we talk about or I talk about the weather and the time, we do have another person, another driver we want to bring in Lorenzo
4: yeah let's bring Joseph Ringros from Project R. So Joseph, Project R, you know, on the 34 car. And I'm just trying to look if there is another Project R, because I know you guys are basically prototype specialists. But Joseph, uh, welcome. And uh, how's your race going thus far?
5: Uh, it's been an interesting one so far. Um, we've had a bit of bad luck here and there. Uh, we got a speed and penalty early on, which was um, a mistake for our own. Um, but sitting in P13, I mean, about, what, seven, eight hours in now. Um, so we're alive still um so it's not much of an issue but all good so far
4: yeah you guys had a really uh very strong outing at the start of the race with uh with jod coro jawad caroni and then uh dimitri dematos but unfortunately a few setbacks uh, on your race and you guys are so far even better than that you guys that are in, in p11 provisionally but uh if I'm not mistaken, this might be Project R's first outing into Le Mans. Uh, am I correct? Um, yeah.
5: So Project R is pretty new. So we uh, a couple of months ago sort of moved away from satellite racing. Um, I said, about six or seven of us. Um, uh, just thought it was time for new beginnings. Really. Um, I mean, you know, it's our we did we did Le Mans last year. So the uh, yeah. and uh, Timu. We were part of the satellite team last year, um, we came fourth um, but we sort of built on that, um, raced in uh, the Six Hours of Watkins Glen um, in SCO and, you know, Jan, yeah, Dejawe, Dimitri and the team who really do love the HPD. Um, so we thought, why not take it to Le Mans? Um I mean, the guys are experienced. It's not like they're. it's their first ever race at Le Mans. But um as a team as Project are, yeah, it
4: is. Yeah, and uh and it's a team that normally drives the L M P one. We were just talking with Cy Andra. He normally Cy is an L M P one guy. I was talking to Cy that uh, he he did the demonstration lab for uh, for i racing uh, around Le Mans and he's driving L M P two. I was like slightly confused, but uh, uh how is it driving the HPD it, since you guys are more used with the LMP1s, I know Timu drives LMP2s. Yane Hotamaki drives lmp 2 So how is the leap from an LMP1 car to an LMP2? Uh, yeah, well, the LMP2, obviously, there's no boost like size dead. Um
5: You know, Dimitri comes from more of a prototype background, but the other guys are mainly sort of GT drivers, especially Dijard. Um But a yeah. lot of t- preparation recently in the past sort of few weeks and months you know, we've been working towards um, moving towards sort of the prototype side is in like P2 rather than P1. Obviously, the LMP2, new LMP2 is going to be coming out soon. So we're very, very excited for that. Um, and obviously, SEO, SEO coming up. So we have big expectations coming in in for that. And we're going to see, see what we can take from that. Um, but yeah, I, I will be honest, a lot of the guys on the team aren't, you know LMP1 drivers Dimitri drove LMP1 last year
4: but you know it's not
5: their cup of tea
4: I can see that the your teams uh I'm, I'm gonna say uh curriculum is quite vast in terms of you know categories and uh what classes you guys are driving but the people P11 thus far again had a few setbacks but you as a driver Uh, joseph do we have any expectations see you come in i know the lineup over here just looking at the entries you have about four drivers and you managing the team from time to time so is there any possibilities for us seeing you in that car (laughs)
5: um no no no, not today um (laughs) yeah usually i uh leave the other guys to do the driving um if i was driving we'd probably end up in a wall somewhere um at porsche curves or something so those four guys get on really well. Um, you know, they've worked together for a year and a half, nearly two years now. Um, you know, and they're, they're a good bunch. So, for me to to be in there, I'd be way out of my depths, especially in this split. So, yeah, I, I leave it to the professionals.
4: Fair game, fair game. I can respect that. Uh, any, any shout outs you want to give, uh, Joseph, before we wrap this up?
5: Uh, obviously, everyone, um, involved with the team so all the drivers you know they are um yeah uh pds as well um you know we we sort of took their up and sort of worked from there pds always um you know done very good for me personally and as well as the team um and yeah it's just good it's good to be able to have a drink instead of uh sit back and watch the racing well watch the racing rather than be in the car and just sort of sit back and watch it unfold um while managing the guys and sort of being the strategy guy so yeah it's, it's been good so far
4: fair enough uh, joseph uh, by the way thank you for having a talk with us and good luck to your team moving forward into this race
5: yeah cheers guys uh
4: see you soon joseph ringrose from project R, dylan and uh we might get some other interviews around, but always good to have to pick the brains from some of these guys, you know, and uh, see their perspectives into this race, even though they might be in, in the front or in the back. There's there is always a, a certain mentality with those, those drivers, right? Get the most experience possible. Of course, driving, trying to, trying to drive to win this race, but always a pleasure, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always nice to hear uh, a lot of drivers' mindsets because. With so many uh, things happening at once, you kind of start to uh, lose. You see the big picture, but you do not see uh, what each driver is going through. So if you go to a driver's stream uh, or if you go with, uh, if, for example, um, a, uh, if you see from a cockpit cam of one specific driver, you're going to be able to see what movements they're actually making in the car because of iRacing. Uh, sim racing in general being such a one-to-one lifelike thing, which is awesome. Uh, But you really get a sense of what each driver is going through, all of the traffic that they have to deal with, because it's not just one race. It's three races going on at once in endurance events in the 24 hours of Le Mans here presented by VCO on iRacing. We've got uh, both P1, P2 and GTE, as we do see uh, S2V Esports getting a uh, tire change in the pits right now. Uh, and also Team Redline HPD coming in to the pit. So that's big. It's the leader of the LMP2 class. So I think we're going to see a lot of strategy out here, Justin, with the LMP2s.
2: Yeah, as mentioned a little bit with Cy, everyone's staggered out a little bit because that different perspective of going all out and having one last lap of fuel to work with or trying to lift off the throttle on the corner entries and save that said lap. And that, in turn, has staggered again all the different cars in this various field. But Walmire is now in the machine for Team Redline HPD, so it's looking like for them, it's looking more towards a potential tire situation to try and make sure you have that driver on fresh tires. You can't bring a new driver in and put them on the track, in most cases, on old tires without there being major risk. But there also is the risk, mind you, Dylan, here, of cold tires for that car. That car.
0: Yeah, and cold tires at night—it's another thing. Completely, you can see a lot of drivers uh, start to. We actually saw one earlier in the race do a five stint, a five stint run on one single set of tires, which is a uh, pretty remarkable. But uh, at the same, at the same point, when you get to the nighttime, you really want to yeah. have fresh tires because if you don't, you're really going to uh, be sliding all around there. Yeah, but
2: the counterpoint of that too is the tire where depending on how cool the track can be and how you set up your car can be fairly minimum. And the overall time you lose by taking tires every single stint and pit stop doesn't cycle to the overall pace and time you would have by putting a double or triple stint or even more so stints on the said tire. So it all comes down to the amount of time on the racetrack you would lose by taking a certain strategy call at a certain point of the race.
0: You know, uh, and to go a bit of a side note there, Justin, uh, I do want to say for everybody watching on the iRacing eSports network, currently we've got around 841 people watching. Uh, We love to talk to you through the comments, through the live comment section. So if you have any questions, if you have uh, any comments you'd like to make, We're going to try and go through them, answer anything. Uh, You know, I saw a question about Roman Grosjean and what number he was, and uh, it's right. I know we had uh, Lorenzo Bonder, our guy in the broadcast, say our Huit G is number one, the only Ford GT in the race, which is true. It's uh, pretty remarkable that basically uh, uh, it's actually 66% of the gte class 12 of the 18 cars are in ferrari 488 gts while five of them are in uh, porsche's none are in a bmw uh but only one car that our wheat g car uh with roman grosjean currently driving it it is in a ford gt uh 2017 edition of that uh saw so some of the uh Comments about the LMP2 class. It's all an HPD car uh, from the uh, late 2000s, actually. And those cars are, uh, I, they are two-seaters, uh, actually, which is uh, a pretty interesting bit. They're open wheel. The These HPD cars, uh, we had uh, the uh, playoff performance races with Performance Tech Motorsports. They're an LMP2 team in IMSA, WeatherTech sports car series, and they were using those cars in that series that they were hosting. And it's such a unique car. It's really a great middle point here uh, between LMP1 and GTE class. Uh, And Lorenzo, I'll bring you back for a little bit, too. You're going to be going into a stint later uh, after this broadcast. What goes into preparation
4: especially when for the hours beforehand you're with us uh for um first of all i'm already kind of used to this with these endurance races so i'm already kind of into a more cooled mindset but the thing is uh the first thing you have to be very mindful of is your physical condition you know you're going to be tired of course i'm going to be slightly tired from doing this it's normal Uh, you're doing commentating then you're going to do racing it takes a little bit of uh the stress out of your body and you have to be focused for 13 laps well 13 laps in the hpd so you have to be on your a game every single lap that you do especially during the night time so it's very it's, it's it's a very tricky commitment that you kind of have to kind of have to do but if you did your practice you know the uh the references points on the track i did both nighttime and daytime practices so i kind of know where to put the track in i have done i think more than 500 laps in le mans uh the virtual not the real one of course uh you kind of get the mental feeling of where you should place the car so once you're in the car the the first thing that has to come to your mind is just keep the car clean of course if you if you're being fast and consistent that is great but first of all is keep that car on track especially in the nighttime where traffic can get like you guys are seeing sometimes a little bit messy
0: well the traffic is all right now on the Mosan straight uh and no one actually except for the 730 vehicle of uh proto charge sim sport is anywhere uh differently or actually it just changed it uh you know we're trying to get everything live up to here but yeah only that 730 vehicle is uh on the uh the opening straight uh or actually you know what you know what this is silly hours for me we have the stream for where i'm getting the map from went back in time a bit and look at how crowded it all is and look at how silly i'm sounding right here it happens to the best of us i just went off track you ever see that old espn commercial justin where it's uh jimmy rollins a philadelphia phillies former player uh was trying to uh talk over with the espn broadcasters about getting the perfect broadcast like a perfect game. I'm not sure if anyone has ever seen that, but I can tell you I've just uh, lost my perfect game. I think
2: I actually have, do remember watching that in that specific series then with some of the crazy commercials to say the very least in that. But again, there's a lot of traffic, mind you to inner class that you'll have to deal with. That's why you've seen many of the drivers know based on what they see coming up on their intervals and in their mirrors to move to the side of the track if there's a faster class behind to make sure they don't have any incidents. The tough part is when you have those clusters, especially in Sector 3 and Sector 1, basically the purpose-built portion of the racetrack because if you reach on a wrong time, it can really hold you up in turn and lose you potentially a second or so in one lap alone.
0: Yeah, and especially with that traffic, as you see the map... uh... Live right now, just look how where everybody is in the 24 hours of Nordschleife. It's a 14 and a half mile track. It wasn't even close to being this packed over the entire time, but with the 24 hours of Le Mans, obviously you're getting the entire track just filled with cars. It's a difference between 14 and a half to eight and a half miles. You're just getting everything packed right here. Uh, So there's really no time to breathe, and I do think we've got another driver ready for an interview, and I, I it's funny, as Lorenzo, I think you'll take this, uh, he was actually saying, how can I get interviewed in the YouTube live chat?
4: Yeah, let's bring Ben Christensen from ANZ Motorsports, Ben, uh, welcome, first and foremost, you guys, uh, you guys can see him on the live feed over there, Uh How's your race been? You guys have been in P14 in the LMP1 so far, having a clean race, uh, no major dramas. So in your point of view, how's it been going?
1: Um, Yeah, it's actually gone pretty well for us, to be honest. Um, For most of us, it's our first time racing the LMP1 as such. Um, Kobe, who's in at the moment, um, recent acquisition for the team, actually gave us the idea of racing the LMP1. So that was uh, pretty cool. Um, Brett, myself and Jason as far as I'm aware I, I mean I tried the 6-hour uh, just recently um, and my uh, steering wheel completely let go I had to pull over on the straight um, and that was basically the racing experience so for us really good so far a um, couple of little scary moments but uh, I guess that's part of multi-class racing
4: yeah it is part of multi-class racing you know you're never going to get a clear, perfect race with no uh, scary moments. You, probably, you might have a guy spinning in front of you and you go like, whoa, what is happening? Let's keep our foot down a little bit and play it safe. But uh, we were talking not just long ago, you were you brought it up on our Race Spot Discord. Something that was really interesting for us, especially given the point that it was during the race, you guys did a five stint. Basically, pull a kinto stint. If I got my English correct, because my English 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 is not my primary language, as you guys can see. Can you explain us doing five consecutive stints in an LMP1 car just at the start of the race?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. So um, the, the idea sort of came about after the Daytona 24 earlier in the year. We actually ran just short of 200 laps on a set of tires, and we thought, well, let's keep running them until we start losing time. And Brett, who was in the car at the time, Um, usually really, really good on tires and we just kept doing stints. And every time we hit the box, we checked the percentages on the tires. And as the track temperature came down, we actually found that we were actually at about the same lap pace as we were at the start when the tires were brand new. Um, so yeah, it it was one of those things where after, unfortunately, Kobe had to run away early on, um, i think it was after two stints um and that it hurt us a little bit at first um but then brett decided oh well let's push it on push it on push it on and yeah at the uh at that five stint mark i think the tires only just dropped under 50 percent, but he uh he said it got pretty skittish um which wasn't ideal for us we've all of us as far as i'm aware worked eight hour days leading straight into this race um We've been up all night at 7 a.m. here now. So it was uh, – I did triple stint myself and I was stuffed. I, I said to Kobe that, you know, I could probably do another stint, but was it really worth it? And we decided to just cut them to triples for now.
4: Right. And uh, I was going to even ask about that because you guys are primarily an Australian, New Zealand team. So you got basically QEs and Aussies into this uh, into this event. How How is it? For you as a team, which is more of a local team instead of an international one, to schedule up the hours and figure it out, who's going to drive an inch uh, in particularly?
1: Um, Yeah, it's a little bit interesting. I'm not going to lie. Along with us not having really raced the car before, we're kind of just playing it by ear. kobe we we always said kobe would start the car he's the most experienced out of us in the lmp1 so we thought oh we'll stick him in he's the one who can race door to door if he has to um brett and myself especially we're v8 specialists Um, we're used to being able to launch cars over curbs take mirrors off on walls crash and bash with each other um and we decided that that probably wasn't ideal given all the carbon fiber on these cars um, but yeah, that basically led to us just saying, oh, we'll take it as it comes. Um, as long as there's always two people awake, we'll sort something out as we go.
4: Right. And especially given you guys are in a time zone that normally doesn't fit the European hours might be of course tricky and we're getting a great battle over here in LMP2 in the PA, as you guys see on the, uh, on the race feed, but, uh, any, any particular, uh, time frame for us to see in back in that LMP one car, uh ben or are you going to be taking a a little bit of a rest and you're going to be coming back later
1: um i'm not entirely sure at the moment uh as far as i'm aware kobe's hopped in for a triple um and then we've actually got a guy called jason harmsworth um we can't actually get him on discord at the moment because it's broken so we're having to communicate through the iRacing team chat um which is quite shaky for us um it seems to be a little bit laggy so it can be a bit like speaking to a robot at times, but myself I'm expecting to either come probably back in after Jason, um, unless Kobe's feeling adventurous and hops back in the car. So hopefully, Oh, well, a triple stint are about two hours in these. So probably within the next four to six hours, uh, might be jumping back in, um, probably try and get a little bit of sleep. Um, I've, I've been awake for the best part of 18 or 20 hours now. So, it's uh it it was wearing pretty thin um i didn't actually do any night practice leading into the race either i was expecting to be in the car only throughout the day um until brett's wonder five stints um so yeah (laughs) i I don't mind the night but uh we'll see how we go kobe's pretty good specialist in these cars when it comes to night driving and multi-class racing so we might leave it to him for now
4: all right and uh Finally, any, any shout-outs you want to give in terms of sponsor, people watching uh, from at home or uh, even at, on the street, whatever they are watching, any any people you want to give uh, a hello?
1: Uh, I mean, our sponsors are, help us a long way. The, these guys, we've got Ultratune um, our local mechanical branch on the side of the car. We've got ZUVA. Um, you guys probably can't see it. I had a problem with uploading the livery. We've got a big unicorn down the side of the car um so zuva web hosting um they help us quite a lot um and of course ratu racing um, which is part of the henry james racing stable. so uh yeah these guys help us a lot um and henry himself for painting the car um hopefully at some point we can get some shots of it up because henry put a few little easter eggs on it for us um a few little funny gags for us to find throughout the race so um massive thanks to henry um he was actually meant to be racing tonight but uh unfortunately couldn't really make it so we've uh, we're just gonna have to race his brilliant paint without him i guess
4: fair enough uh, that is unfortunate but uh before uh, last thing any race past any race spot stickers uh, specifically
1: uh not not that i can think of um yeah it, we're at the moment play it by ear um originally we are hoping for top 10 um but things didn't quite work out with strategy um but i mean being an endurance race you never know what's going to happen um we didn't even expect it to make it into top split to be honest um i think that's how the livery didn't end up uploaded um we were like oh yeah second or third split so um yeah we're pretty much just gonna see how it goes and hope for the best i guess
4: Fair enough. And, uh, Ben, always a, a great pleasure talking to you, mate. And uh hope you guys have a really good event, P14 so far. But uh, always, of course, the nighttime can play a few tricks on the other teams and you guys can move up a few slots. But uh, thank you for having the time to talk with
1: us and good luck. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck to you guys too. It's going to be a uh, long haul, I dare say.
4: Uh, let's see and uh well Dylan that was Ben Christensen from ANZ Motorsports and uh I like the output that he gave about you know the five stinner that was put out earlier in this race yeah I did too I think that
0: uh like I was saying before it's always nice to hear from a few drivers uh, and hear what their kind of different takes on everything has been and Ben is a uh Ben's a fun driver to talk to it feels like because he knows uh, he knows a lot more that goes on uh, than your typical driver in terms of uh, what everybody has to do strategy wise and how the car is actually going to react to uh, specific inputs